This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Pod save the Queen! Hello and welcome to this week's Pod Save the Queen. We've got a lot to talk about today. We've got the latest updates on the Queen's health as it was announced this week that she has tested positive for COVID. We have a royal visit, Kate's been in Copenhagen and lots to look forward to as we look ahead to rugby and what's going to be a very competitive game at Twickenham. As always, I'm your host Zoe Forsey and I'm joined by Russell Myers. Hi Russell, how are you? I'm very well, how are you? I'm good, Tar. And I'm trying to remember the last show that I didn't start by saying it's been a very busy week and we've had a lot on. I know. Um, I, know. I, I was just about to say the mad. same. I know I was about to say the same myself, but I feel like I've been in a washing machine this this week. It has been absolutely relentless. But you know, we we must uh, we must be thankful for for keeping busy, I suppose. But the the Definitely. big news. I mean, it already it kicks off at the weekend, didn't it? Because the big news of the week has been the Queen testing positive for COVID. Of course, so that statement came out on Sunday afternoon and I think threw everyone into a bit of a panic. Um, But the palace were very quick to say that she was only suffering mild symptoms and was carrying out light duties, which I think was done. And I think it did work to kind of reassure people a bit. Definitely. I think, um, you know, if we were having this conversation a few months ago, undoubtedly there would have been absolute panic stations because... You know, Queen is 95. She'd been in ill health at the back end of last year. Um, we all remember her having to spend the night in hospital for um, unexplained medical tests in October. Then she sprained her back in November. She's definitely looked um, a little frail in recent weeks. She'd met those um, defence dignitaries last week and uh, week before last time was saying about uh, how she she couldn't move. She was standing there with her stick and, and we, we do know she's got problems with um, at least one of her knees. She's got problems with her mobility, but you know, we do forget that she's 95 sometimes. And so the Queen had tested positive for COVID on Sunday. Lots of speculation as to whether she did get this from from Prince Charles, of course, there was big fears the week before that she would end up contracting it because she'd seen Prince Charles, I believe it was the 8th of February on the Tuesday, and then he tested positive on the Thursday, the 10th. Uh, but this was, gosh, how many days is that? That's sort of 10 or so days on. Um, but Buckingham Palace sources were telling me that it, it, it that's as much as they can say, it wasn't Prince Charles who had passed it on, there had been some sort of outbreak in Windsor Castle. And I suppose this comes hand in hand with the uh, the relaxing of restrictions. Of course, we've we've got no restrictions now. Yesterday, oh no, today, today is, is the day, isn't it? That we have oh, no yeah, legal, Thursday. yeah, Thursday, no legal requirement if you are testing positive for COVID. Of course, it is up to the individual to 
have some sort of social responsibility, I suppose, that you should isolate, you should try and take precautions, but there is no legal requirement to wear masks anymore. There is no legal requirement to self-isolate if you have COVID. It's all part of the government's living with COVID plan, um, which seems to have been sort of lost in the midst of the Queen getting COVID. The fact that Europe might be at war, um, there's been an awful, awful lot going on. However, um, yesterday, or last night on Wednesday evening, the Queen did manage to take a call with Boris Johnson. She has these weekly audience. Sometimes they are in person um, and sometimes they are on the telephone. Um, the, the, the reason why that is interesting is because the day before on Tuesday, the Queen cancelled two virtual engagements. And I didn't necessarily think this was a big deal. I mean, some people were, were really panicking about it. Oh, we haven't seen the Queen. But Gosh, I mean, I can barely be bothered to do my own hair and get dressed <laughs> properly to do a Zoom call. That was my first thought as well. I think because <laughs> they said that she was going to do light duties. To I read light duties, she'd be doing her red boxes, she'd be doing paperwork, she'd be doing that side of it. And I didn't. I kind of expected virtual engagements to be cancelled, but I think maybe others didn't. And yeah, that was my first thought. Someone that's had COVID before there's the difference between sitting there and going through your paperwork and doing stuff and also difference between putting a full face of makeup on having to do your hair having to sit and have every single person take a photo of you totally. and you know do it's a very different a very different situation yeah it's definitely different from working from your bed and answering a few emails on your iphone than yep. having to go to a separate room to set have something you know the 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 the, uh, the computer set up for you to engage in conversation i mean whether it's mild cold light symptoms or not uh, most people are feeling a little under the weather if they get COVID now if they're still triple vaccinated we know that the queen is triple vaccinated and um she's 95 I mean some people could give her a break I, I wouldn't have even expected <laughs> light duties but I suppose it's it's this this balancing act isn't it that the queen has to be seen to be in step with the government. It was already reported that the government were going to relax the restrictions. Um, the government are trying to get people to go back to work, not necessarily be working from home. Um, so it's it's a it's a very bizarre situation. But realistically, most people, most right-minded people, would really cut the queen some slack if she said, "You know what? I'm going to take to my bed for a few days." And I'll, I'll catch you next week because that is what was going on. The, the, the palace had said mild cold, cold light symptoms, but um, but yeah, she was she was still doing light duty, still doing, as you say, her red boxes. I keep getting messages on people for, on Instagram and Twitter actually about what are red boxes. When red boxes, we call them because each minister within the cabinet of the government, and these are your secretary of state, your health secretary, your education secretary, and so forth, have a box which is red, which has the insignia, uh, Queen Elizabeth's second insignia on it, that is, uh, contains their daily government papers, their daily government business. And of course, the Queen is very much up to date with the order of government day to day. And that is what will be provided by, to her by her aides, by the government. And uh, so she can stay up to date and have something to talk to Boris Johnson about. I'm, I'm sure there's an awful lot to talk to him about yeah. um, because he hasn't stopped being in the news recently, whether it's for his allegedly illegal parties or whether uh, whether Europe are going to go to war. But um, but anyway, the Queen is feeling better, I'm told. 
Um, I imagine we will see her at virtual engagements at some stage. A decision is being taken later today as to whether she will um, will be carrying out two other virtual engagements on today, Thursday. But again, who could blame her if she takes? No, it of course. Off? And I think the fact that she hasn't taken, you know, hasn't basically just said, right, I'm going to have ten ten days. I'm going to put Netflix up and stay in bed. That she's. You know, it's a sign of, you know, the way she's lived through her entire reign, isn't it? That she'll always carry on working when she can. And I think it just shows her dedication to what she does. And yeah, I will admit that any, anyone that was being a bit negative about it in the last week, I've not been overly happy with, because as you said, I would have just been, I would have just been watching no. Disney films, I think, on of repeat. Course. Or uh, well, they, Hamilton they, on loop. <laughs> the conscientiousness has ruined it for all of us. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I get COVID again, I'm I'm I want to have a couple of days. Yeah, Dan's going to be on to you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you'll you'll be fine to work from home. But anyway, we wish Her Majesty well. We are told that she's getting better, um, and uh, and I'm sure we'll I'm sure not necessarily see her out out and about, but I'm, I think we'll see her on virtual engagements at some stage. And I think another big sign of the family as always kind of carrying on despite what's going on behind palace walls is that Kate uh, the Duchess of Cambridge has been out on I've loved this visit she's been over in Copenhagen hasn't she and I think it's been fantastic well you're totally right because I think the Queen's mantra keep calm and carry on one of the many mantras that she has in terms of being out there, getting on with the job, she would have told her family she was feeling okay and no better sign than the royals out in force doing their work. Prince William carried out an investiture during the week. Prince Charles was at a cathedral in Hereford and then uh, a big trip because Kate has been, has been in beautiful Copenhagen. She was meeting Lots of researchers, uh, lots of people in the sort of early learning space. Um, of course, da the, the, the Danish way of life, anyone who's been there, it's this incredible culture of being outside, learning. And I think that um, she's borrowing those that ethos from the Danish people, learning about um, how they have crafted this whole society based on the outdoors, how that can aid the development of children from the earlier stages and of course in recent months or indeed years Kate has been quite a force in this uh, arena she has created the Royal Foundation for Early Child Development um, that is doing some fantastic work a huge survey she did gosh was that a year before last about the um, the five questions the five questions for the under five big questions for the under fives that was it and so in order to, to sort of try and kick that on now I think that this is really interesting that she's talking about infant mental health she's talking about mental well-being relationships between children and parents and not afraid to sort of get out there not only just tour the country but realize and that there are best practices to be seen elsewhere and certainly the Danes are at the uh, the forefront of um, global advancements in that center and I thought yesterday was really so it was a two-day visit it was her Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, she went straight into to work. She was sort of left the Royals for the last day, which I thought was quite interesting. She went straight into work in um, meeting people at the Lego Play Lab. I mean, if you haven't seen the images or the pictures of her sliding down this slide at the Lego Play Lab, you have been living under a rock and you are missing out massive 
massively they're so good, good. They are i got brilliant. so excited there are quite a lot on the instagram page because i was enjoying them quite i a lot. did as well <laughs> i went completely mad but i tell you what that fair play to her because sometimes it's difficult to make engagements work and i and i think sometimes you know it will the message will be conveyed from a great picture or a great image or some or someone doing something and i've often been at frustrating engagements um where the royal is like oh god i don't know what to do i mean prince harry i was i remember being in ireland with him and he wouldn't he was at one of the the uh the big hurling um irish hurling clubs oh, and he wouldn't yeah. pick up a hurley and he wouldn't belt a ball and everyone was like well come on like there's loads of kids here you could be having a really good time and he just wouldn't do it whereas Sometimes Kate has been criticised for not doing that, for sort of turning her back or putting her hair in front of her face or not necessarily asking too many questions. And you just sometimes really want an excuse to put it in the paper or get it on the front page of the website or get it on the evening news. And that is a bit of fun. It really got the message out there. It got front page pictures absolutely everywhere. And then people will say, well, why is Kate there? Well, the reason she's there is because of this early learning center that she's created or helped create. And then she's actually in Denmark because of X, Y, and Z. So rather than just her pictured at the palace, which we'll come on to in a second, which was fantastic. Um, yeah, I think it really got the message out there. And then yesterday at the forest school when she was mucking around with all the kids. And, I, uh, and again, people really do identify with those pictures with Kate because she's a mum of three. I think she's fallen or created this whole persona of, um, not necessarily, I'm sounds a bit disingenuous, but not created. I think people do identify her genuinely as a good mother and that is someone who is in tune with what kids need. And that's why she has, um, she has worked in that arena of child, child development. Um, but the kids obviously seemed to really warm to her. She was larking and joking around with them, running through the forest, chopping logs. I, I think those pictures of when she bends down and speaking to the toddlers eye to eye is really, really cute. And then she went on to uh, to not only meet Mar Queen Margaret, she also went to meet Crown Princess Mary. And Mary has got an extraordinary story. Did you know about Mary? I didn't until this trip was planned because I know that Kate's met you know that royal family a couple of times before, but I didn't know the details of Mary's um, you know background. And I know that one of the royal writers on Mirror Royal yesterday wrote something about who is Crown Princess Mary. And I mean, I've, I didn't know about her really. I kind of heard that she was Australian born, but didn't really know the, the similarities between her and Kate. And not only do they look similar, I mean, Mary's 10 years older. She looks absolutely incredible for, for 50, but she's, um, she's really had quite a similar story. A, a commoner I mean I, that, I use that term loosely but, <laughs> but Mary was uh, I think she was working in PR she's from Tasmania she met Crown Prince Frederick in Sydney during the Sydney Olympics and then yeah, a bar wasn't it yeah it was in a bar I need to start going to different bars <laughs> <laughs> yeah different. exactly well you can go to Birmingham during the Commonwealth <laughs> Games you might meet a prince <laughs> so, so she met him in a bar they had this long distance relationship for a couple of years and then she you know left left Australia and I know lots of our Australian cousins absolutely love her they love her over in um in Australia and she's done fantastic stuff she's 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 learned um Danish 
of course you would have expected that but she really threw herself into it she's had four children again very very similar to kate she set up something called the mary foundation foundation which was part of a i think this is right she got a million kroner for her wedding gift from the public purse and then she used that in order to set up this foundation and it not only helps children it helps victims of domestic abuse domestic violence so it's really really interesting the, the, the parallels of how they have used their role and their profile to do good in the wider um sort of community space i suggest and very very glamorous we've seen i think kate has met her at least twice from my um, notes met him in 2011 william and kate were in copenhagen on a royal tour and then Mary and Frederick were in, uh, they went to Ascot in uh, Royal Ascot in 2016. So lovely to see them back. Queen Margrethe, I keep pronouncing her name wrong. I'm so sorry. It is Queen, Queen Marguerite, I think. But you keep, if, you, if you listen to different pronunciations on different news bulletins, it's always different. So maybe some of oh, our okay. Danish friends could, could educate me on that. Um, so they went to the Dana Crisis Centre again, part of the supported by, by the Mary Foundation, a place that helps women and children who have been exposed to domestic violence. So lots of parallels there, I think, with our own royal family. Camilla working in that space very, very successfully, and we'll, we'll come, on, come on to that in a bit. However, what was very, very interesting, I'm just going to pull this up because we had a, or I had a message from a listener, Natalie, who lives in Denmark. Hello, Natalie. She messaged me and said, um, because I, just a bit of a side note, I was supposed to go on the trip, but one of my family members had COVID. So I had to cancel my, um, my trip to Copenhagen, but the lovely Ian Vogler was there and maybe he's going to, he's going to be on the pod with me next week. So maybe we'll speak to him about a couple of his, his favorite images next week while Zoe is having a well-deserved break. However, Natalie said to me, um, about what was the press coverage like and did it oh, was that what did we know of it and this is something I probably would have picked up because not that I can speak Danish but um if I ever go abroad I always look at what the coverage is uh whether it's a royal visit or any news stories I've, I've done in the past and it was quite interesting because Natalie said the coverage wasn't overly favorable because there's obviously been a lot of scandal going on with the royal family, um, Prince Andrew and his civil sex trial, the, the payoff that he's reached with Virginia Giuffray, um, Prince Charles being involved in this Met Police investigation, allegations of cash for honours, Prince Harry suing the British government. So there is an awful lot going on. When again, you sum it all up like that. It's I know. Kind of this is in the last couple of weeks. I mean, <laughs> good Lord. Oh but then you've got the Queen having covid Charles having COVID, Camilla having COVID. It all seems a bit frantic. Um, but let's see. Let's see. The, Natalie said, very interestingly, I hope it's okay to read your, your message, Natalie. She said, uh, the, the coverage is slightly more critical than I anticip anticipated. A lot of the focus of her being late, her plane was 30 minutes late. I don't know how she could have stopped that because we've been coming, <laughs> off, the, coming off the back of a few storms. But um, but also, interestingly, the fact that journalists cannot ask about Prince Andrew in Denmark, it's common for the journalists present to engagements that they would try and ask questions and sometimes they would get an answer, but not every time. But the fact that this way doesn't seem to be done in the UK um, and it's and that's very interesting. And that that is really interesting because yeah. often 
the royal rota, people like myself, are often criticised, and perhaps fairly, that we don't shout questions at the royals. And if you've ever seen the news coverage of Number 10 and all the political journalists standing outside it, they'll often be doing a live to camera and, let's say, the Prime Minister walks behind them and they say, oh, Mr Johnson, are you finished? Are you toast? Are you going to go? Are you going to resign? Well, I can't imagine that happening. But there was one instance recently. Do you remember when Prince Harry and Meghan did the Oprah interview and they had dropped those bombshell allegations of racist attitudes, I suppose, within the royal family? And sometimes some of the broadcasters or other people will, will put someone in there other than of us who are the face of uh, of reporting to, to to ask those questions and one of the sky news reporters did ask that question to, to william and he did respond and he i think the 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 question was is the um is the family is the royal family a racist family sir and he turned back and he said the the, the royal family is very much not a racist family so sometimes you will get a reaction and it's not that yeah people will be banned from engagements if they start shouting it's just that there's a time and a place, I suppose. And when you're, when the royals are, it's, it's very different than walking into 10 Downing Street doing it. It's part of the culture. Um, it's very different if the one of the royals is at, I don't know, a charity event or a food bank or a... Surrounded by children. You exactly. You know, they can't shout exactly. in with loads of four-year-olds. You can't exactly. shout out, oh, what do you think of this, you know, sex abuse case? It doesn't, it's not... A, appropriate really is it no it's not I think you're totally right I think that there there is a a culture that is in place and it's very interesting that Natalie mentioned that the Danish royal family who I believe and I stand I could I could stand to be corrected here but I I believe that they're the oldest monarchy in Europe I was watching something about it is quite a good fact isn't it and I was watching something about Queen Margaret yesterday and um and they were saying that there, it goes back generations and generations and generations from exactly the same line of succession. So, Natalie, if you're listening, please correct me if I'm wrong. But that was what I was watching a uh, old, very, very old BBC news reel about the uh, the Danish royal family and when the the Queen and Prince Philip had visited Denmark. So, oh, I've just um, I've just googled it, and according to the Denmark's website, they are the oldest monarchy. There we go. See? Go, yeah, can be tracked back around 900 years. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. And so um, good, in good hands with Crown Princess Mary and Crown Frederick, uh, Crown Prince Frederick. I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Mary. I've been looking at her, her work, the, the pictures of them together. People are saying that they are each other's doppelganger. They certainly um, <laughs> complement each other. I mean, maybe this is something that we'll see in the future. I've often talked about um, lots of collaboration between the two uh, royal family, between the members of the royal family in our royal family and the fact that the Queen has said, you've got to get back out there. Then we've had two years of not doing very much because of the pandemic. So it's all about collaboration and all about helping each other. So maybe that will happen on a European scale. And if it does, you heard it here first. Yeah. (laughs) I love this trip generally as a kind of as a whole, because I think we saw every aspect of Kate I think we saw her kind of business researching her products or projects around childhood. We saw her, you know, in the suit, the trousers, the smart working, you know, working royal. 
we also saw her in her jeans, boots, out playing with the kids, running around. Did she do chopping wood, I think, which we'll come back to in a minute. But then we also saw royal Kate, future queen Kate, you know, very much, you know, in a a formal coat, heels, heels on cobbles yet again, which never fails to impress me. I I I said this to... Sorry to interrupt. I said this to my wife and I said, (laughs) that's, I mean, pretty brave walking along the Emoldenberg courtyard um, of the of the palace, and it's pretty cobbled. Yeah. I would have been absolutely terrified. Exactly, especially when you got bad on like. I'm glad you mentioned it because I didn't. Camera. <laughs> I didn't want to mention it because I thought it would be perhaps a rather sexist thing to have noticed. But I, I zoomed in on the pictures. I was, I was absolutely staggered. Hey, it's a pro. It's lots of practice in heels. But I think it's just that we saw those three. You know the kind of three hats. I think she wears. Yes. In her role as the Duchess of Cambridge, and I think we saw all of them all on this trip. But it didn't feel too. I thought, yeah, I think hats off to the organiser of this one because I thought it was really perfect it was all sides you know all different parts of it but yeah was that was she chopping wood she was the, chopping wood garden? she was chopping Which wood was she, great. She, she did it on the third attempt I think um but there was loads of I don't know what what what's the average no, depend I've, <laughs> I've not chopped much wood <laughs> so I'm not, yet, not that outdoorsy um she did very well she was I just look at the pictures they're just fantastic we'll, we'll put some on the, the Instagram later but I, I put some on my own yesterday they're just great and our, our lovely Ian Vogler was there taking some very very nice pictures of Kate and this one girl sort of skipping through the forest they're just yeah they were great they're really she great. really threw herself into it I think well she you know like she does but she it feels like she did everything she, you know all the opportunities she knew the picture you know she knew what knew what were going to be the pictures and she, you know, took full advantage of it, which I think was great. The the thing that was interesting as well is that it was only her second solo visit. And oh, I yeah, think and it's been years between them. Twenty eleven was I think I think twenty eleven. She went oh, to she went to Holland, so it's I mean over ten years. It's been a long time. So um, so only her second royal visit. I took that to be, I mean, that would be good for them to go perhaps we'll see a bit more of it because she's working more you know putting her put her head out above the parapet a bit more with with these sorts of projects um certainly when she's been doing you know remember that she did the podcast who was who she did that podcast with what's her name oh Giovanna Fletcher happy mum happy baby and then that was a big 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 project to put yourself out there then she's doing all, um, all this stuff in uh, early learning development Chelsea Flower Show on her own so all these little things I think are culminating into something that we may see in the future we might be seeing her doing more work abroad on her own a mini tour on her own perhaps that she could use it as a as a platform to to help her work um but again i i took it to mean that they work very very well as a double act it's normally probably easier to organize a a big tour than rather load of small little ones um and of course we've got a big big one to look forward to in a couple of weeks was it less than a month going to the caribbean and that will be fantastic Definitely. Now, before we move on, before we talk about that, let's mm. talk about clothes very quickly. Um, oh, yes. So for the... Uh, well, I'm wearing I'm wearing a salmon pink. I think you it's are. salmon it pink. It is very nice. It's a very <laughs> lovely colour. It really, you know, brings out your eyes. Well done. <laughs> good, a good choice. But um, on to Kate, um, who's, you know, obviously trying to keep up with your, you know, strong... My sartorial style. elegance, of course. Yeah. <laughs> 
So for the first uh, you know, visit to university on day one, she was wearing that red Zara blazer, which is the one we saw her wearing when she took George uh, to the Euros game in Wembley last year, which was a really strong, really, I love that blazer. It's a really great shape and really is nice. This, which one is this? Is this the red one? The bright red one, yeah. Yes, Zara, £60, I can tell you. I know, it was lovely. High, it was high, high street queen. Exactly. And she wore that with, she had it with like a white blouse underneath it, which was really good. And that was also the same outfit she wore to go down. And she wore, and talking about her in heels, she went down that slide in big heels as well. I know, nearly I took the photographers think... out. I mean, yeah. <laughs> one of them could have a, have a stiletto through the shin bone. Yeah, well, <laughs> she flew down. Bang when she came down, which I, I hope was a heel and not any part of her body because it sounded very painful. Again, fair play to her because she said she said, oh, "Well, you had to in the spirit of where I was." And I thought that if you're in if you're in some somewhere called the Lego Play Lab, yeah, you might as well have a bit of fun. But um, yeah, you're not getting out of there just no. kind of sitting at a table and chatting, exactly. are you? <laughs> then for the visit to the kindergarten, where she was very dressed down, obviously because. She was out and playing out in the um, out in the forest. She was in a like a polo neck jumper, which was lovely, with a two hundred and nine pound green Sealand wax jacket, and um, just with black jeans. And she had some one hundred and seventy pound one hundred and seventy pound boots from is it Blundstone? Yeah, I which was really nice. I and I like the roll neck. I don't. I'm not very good at wearing roll necks. They, I get a bit claustrophobic in them. But this one looked like quite a, a loose roll neck. So maybe that's maybe that's what I need to try. Maybe she's getting tips off Prince William. <laughs> he wore a roll neck to the Earthshot Prize, didn't he? he in that did, green velvet jacket. I'm thinking of rocking that look myself, actually. But that's they're the ones that I can't do because they're the tighter ones that are higher. Whereas this was more of like, a, oh, we need we we need Sarah. We're getting this all wrong. <laughs> yes, I know. A, this a is relaxed roll neck, but it wasn't just tight on the neck, <laughs> perhaps. Um, and then for the uh, Queen meeting with the with the other royals, it was a beautiful, it was like a grey long line uh, Catherine Walker coat, which we think cost about three grand. Um, so not a cheap one. Um, and the hills that we talked about where she was doing that great walking on the cobbles were just a pair of black. Three grand for a coat. My Lord. Well, that, I, I mean, no. you've got to re- you've got to recycle that then if it's three grand. Yeah, coat. definitely. If we've not seen it before, we'll definitely see that as well. She had the kind of black leather gloves. As well, I don't know. How, I don't know what the weather's like in Copenhagen. We've freezing. Got to, you'll have to ask Ian for me yeah. next week. I imagine it's um, freezing. So it's, yeah, it's been cold when I've been there. But yeah, where are we in February? It's going to be pretty cold. And another quick comment that she made that got everyone very excited about, as it always does, um, where she was talking about how Prince William apparently gets a bit nervous whenever she goes out oh. and works with under ones because he I thinks know. she's going to want to she's going to Cambridge baby number four I think people got a bit excited about well, she said that she was I mean she's talk about breaking the internet she's done this before and then sort of said it again that she was feeling broody being around all the children <laughs> and William gets what did he say he said he, she said he gets very worried which I found <laughs> quite hilarious to be honest but um all in all, decent trip. Didn't get made to be masses and masses of coverage because obviously there is an awful lot going on in the news cycle at the moment. You've got um, the Queen being ill. You have the situation in Ukraine, the situation with their own government, COVID restrictions being released. I mean, the list is endless. However, I think sometimes, you know, the, the subtlety of it and the pictures are a way into people finding out a bit more about what she was up to. And in this instance, I think that that will have happened and there would have been a lot of traction on social media and what have you. So, um, so I, so I do, I do think it was a, it was a success. 
I think it was a great visit. And as you said, it was a lovely, nice, positive visit in what was otherwise a pretty horrifying news week. Um, so it was lovely to have. But elsewhere in the royal family, Camilla did a really important interview, didn't she, uh, where she spoke for the first time about becoming Queen Consort. Well, she has. And this is an interview that was trailed on the, the BBC Women's Hour programme presented by the wonderful Emma Barnett. And they recorded it for BBC Breakfast as well. And um, this has been widely trailed uh, if, you're, if you're not in the UK or you haven't been able to see it. So check it out on social media, because not only was Camilla... The obvious question was asked, of course, about how she felt this sincere wish from the Queen that she wants her to become Queen's consort and, and Camilla said it would be a great honour but the real focus of the chat was about Camilla's work in the domestic violence space and the reason why that is so important is because she was sitting next to um, a lady called Diana Parks whose daughter Joanna Simpson was brutally murdered by her husband in 2010 and it was only a few weeks before their divorce was finalised that he bludgeoned her to death and Camilla cites Diana as the reason and the person who has been the the essence of why she got into this space and she's spoken before very very eloquently about how friends of hers uh, have suffered domestic violence about how she has worked with charities and really heard some terrible horrifying stories of women that are abused and often tragically killed in this sense i think it's the, the statistics are absolutely shocking there's a, a woman killed every three days in the uk by their partner um and she she went on to say that not only does she want to to use that um that, that title of Queen Consul, but she but she believes that it will give her a leg up. She said, I'm going to keep keep on helping these courses. Of course, it's a great honour. It couldn't be anything else, but it does help it. You know, if I start something like this, she's talking about the, her work, I'm not going to give it up mid-channel. I'm going to keep on going to keep trying to help the light of people like Diana. I hope I should be doing it for a lifetime. So, if you haven't seen it, go and go. You must go and watch it because I find that Camilla. I mean, you look at the, there's a lot of coverage um, of the Queen's Platinum Jubilee message about how she wants her to become Queen Consort. And if you think about the the the, the days of when she was public enemy number one, that was people throwing. There's a story about people throwing bread rolls at, at her in a supermarket that she couldn't leave the house for weeks on end um, because of the, the negative feeling, the negative coverage of her and Charles's relationship. And she has worked incredibly hard. She's put herself into really uh, emotional and very sort of soul bearing spaces as, as such as this. And if, if you speak to people who work with her, she's absolutely dedicated. I love working with her. She always does it with a sort of glint of um, mischief in her eye, but also when you're working on very, very serious um, uh, arenas like this, that she's, she's, she's just absolutely dedicated. So um, please, please do go and watch it. I think it was a, a fascinating interview by, uh, by Emma Barnett. And, and not only talking about the, the culture change that needs to exist in today's society that she's trying to, to help open up that conversation, but also um, to try and you know, move the government into to, to helping charities in, in this space. 
Now, looking over to America, Prince Harry has filed a, another legal suit, hasn't he? This broke last night. And from what I can understand, we don't know too many details of it yet. But what do we know? Well, sure, sure. Prince Harry, lawsuit? Of course not. I mean, good gosh. Someone has just tweeted me something, right? Get this. I'm going to... This is from a Newsweek article. I'm just going to pull this up now. And if this is um, correct, so this is so between Meghan's, uh, obviously, just a bit of background, Meghan, uh, Duchess of Sussex, won her legal battle with the Mail on Sunday, long protracted legal battle that has cost God knows how many millions about her copyright and privacy um, over the publication of a letter that she wrote to her father, all of our listeners will, will well um, be well versed in that. But this paragraph is absolutely extraordinary. And it states between Megan's original privacy lawsuit and the appeal, January 2022 is the only month since October 2019 where there has not either been a lawsuit or the threat of a lawsuit between the couple and the newspaper where and the new this newspaper is the mail on sunday daily mail associated newspapers that is absolutely extraordinary um of course i would i don't we don't necessarily know what this is i think the 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 high the documents will be lodged in the high court in due course i mean there's a lot of speculation that this was to do with a mail on sunday story on sunday about um harry trying to hide the news of him taking the British government to court over his security rights, a bit of background, the British government, indeed the Home Office, decided to strip his uh, protection detail away from him when he returns to the UK because he is uh, he has left the royal family. However, it's, it's, not as, it's, it's not as simple as that. It's very, very complex because when he did return to... Um, uh, Prince Philip's funeral, he was obviously afforded complete protection because he was around lots of other members of the royal family. Then when he decided to come back to unveil the statue of Princess Diana alongside Prince William, he wasn't given security detail and he travelled with his own um, security detail from the United States. Now, there is a lot of discrepancy. I think we touched upon this last week, didn't we, about the, the, the High Court and the, the issues that have been raised within this lawsuit. Um, if I mean, it's unprecedented, Prince Harry, taking the British government to court. We should probably expect a bit less than he's, than he's taking a newspaper to court. But, and perhaps they feel that they have the clout and sort of the backing and not only the, the, the public's um, appreciation of what they're trying to do in the misinformation space. But because um, Megan had such a resounding victory, although very protracted and drawn out, because she uh, because she did win that case, then they, then they obviously feel that there's um appetite for them to go again. So I don't know where this will end up. Um, Harry is obviously fighting this this case against the British government. We don't we don't know what will happen with that. The government did say through their lawyers last week in the High Court that Prince Harry hadn't afforded the Home Office and the uh, the Met Police's protection unit the respect that it deserved, and his offers of paying for uh, for police protection hadn't reached the uh, the government, even though he said that he had made those offers. We understand that he later did make those offers, but weren't made in time before he launched this court case. So, I mean, if you can keep up with this, fair enough. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. But um, he obviously feels that he he is in 
a very difficult position because he has gone on record now through his legal representatives to say that he can't come home because he fears for his safety and his wife and children's safety. He believes the UK is a dangerous place. On the flip side, yes, he has been subjected to threats. There have been those well-publicised threats but from the far-right groups a couple of years ago. There have been um, other threats that he perceives that um, he is in danger of receiving. Quite notably, there, I mean, been publicised that security sources have said that there has been no credible threat to him. But I suppose it's a, it's a case of perception, isn't it? So whether you are told one thing, but you believe another, uh, um, it's you, you've possibly got to go on your own gut instinct, he would say. So it'd be interesting to see what happens. I, I obviously think there'll be some sort of compromise. He will have to uh, pay for his own security. At certain instances, if he was to return for the Duke of Edinburgh's memorial service, for instance, in March, then he would be afforded the special protected persons um, unit that would uh, be around him as part of the royal family's protection. So it's never, again, with Meghan and Harry, with these issues, I don't think it's ever black and white. So let's see what happens in this court case. We don't really know. We'll have to wait. We'll have to wait for, for further details to come out, I'm afraid. Now, looking ahead to the next few weeks, there are some really interesting engagements in the diary. And the one that I think I'm looking forward to most uh, is this Sunday, uh, where Kate and William will be going to Twickenham to watch England versus Wales in the Six Nation, which is obviously the first public outing they've had since Kate took up her new uh, patronage of uh, England's rugby team. Yes. That's going to be really fun, I think, isn't it? Lots of competitive. I can't wait to see those pictures and videos from it. Well, they're going to be, it's not like you're in, in with the fans. They're going to be sitting in a box, the Royal box with next to each other. And who's going to get the bragging rights? Who are the children going to support? Because, I'm, yeah, <laughs> because, because William is pres as a patron of the uh, of the Welsh Rugby Union, as you've just said, and now with her new role, Kate has uh, has joined the ranks of the English. So it's got to be pretty fraught. I remember um, having this discussion with my wife whether we had boys or girls. Who would they support? Because she's a, <laughs> she's a big Liverpool fan, and I'm a West Ham fan for my sins. So perhaps they'll do boys, girls. I don't know. I don't know. Who who knows? But um, I reckon it will go that way because I reckon George is. I think Louis will possibly definitely be England, but I reckon the other two are perhaps old enough that they've already had William in their ears. Their <laughs> ears the last time. But do you reckon there's any chance we might see the kids at the game this weekend? Or Not do you think sure. We'll be, I mean, they'll wait a few years for that. Yeah, probably. I think it was quite a special occasion when. George got taken to with his parents to the semi-finals. I mean, that was oh, what a brutal game to have seen. I know. Well. <laughs> I mean, gosh, and he was so overjoyed when we scored. I thought we were going to win it. We thought we were going to win know. the tournament. <laughs> then, and then uh, the, the crushing reality of being an England fan is he's, he's, he's had instilled <laughs> upon him quite Teach early. Him that pain, young though, I think is the way. Exactly. What a fan! You have to learn that very early, otherwise it's just Poor painful. Um, but that would be great. I think looking back, you know, the pictures we used to get of Harry and William at the rugby games yes. together, where you'd the eyebrows were doing all sorts of work Brilliant. when the other team scored, and that. So I'm looking forward to that. And they're also going to Wales as well, aren't they, the Cambridges? They are. They're going to Wales next week. Um, it is going to be, again, another one of these community visits, looking at uh, how the communities have um, dealt, with, dealt with COVID. Um, obviously, a lot of rural, rural communities in Wales, I know they're going to 
a few community groups in uh, in South Wales. So uh, watch this space. I'm sure that'll be another big away day to look forward to. And making Welsh cakes. Oh, yes. It sounds great. I love Welsh cakes. Love I've never tried cake. them since I started at the Mirror. And one of our colleagues... Um, makes the best ones and oh they're great it was life-changing I, mean, I find any sort of doughy carby cakes yeah. is normally you know normally top of my list um, and princess anne is doing yes. something very exciting i think well, she, she wins for the most exciting trip she does and I'll tell you what because the, the the borders have just opened in australia so no sooner have they open that she's getting on a plane she's going to be going in april to the uh what is it called it's the royal the sydney royal easter show which is a big Ooh. deal in royal circles i must confess i wasn't across it but it um it didn't happen in 2020 it happened in 2021 they broke all records 800,000 people attended the, the course of the event breaking uh, yeah breaking five attendance records since it moved to Sydney Olympic Park in 1998 here's a few facts for you the queen is the only reigning monarch who has attended the show in the past her last visit came in 1970 and she went with Philip and Charles and Anne William and Kate went in 2014 and Princess Anne last went in 1988, I think. So yeah, she's returning. She's the first royal to go on a major, um, I was about to say major royal tour, but I suppose it's the furthest royal tour because obviously we've got the Cambridges coming up in March to look forward to. Yes. What's that now? That's that's three weeks away. One, two, oh my Lord. Oh yeah, yes. that, that's coming up very quickly. I know, three weeks away, that will be lots to look forward to. So, um, so I do, I feel like, the Queen is getting better, hopefully. Oh, just a bit of breaking news uh, before we go. The Queen has cancelled her two virtual engagements today. Again, I don't think we were speaking about earlier about getting all made up for them. I, I mean, I can only go what we're, we're being told at the moment. We're still being told she was suffering from mild cold-like cold symptoms. She hasn't got any engagements um, in the diary for the rest of the week. So we probably won't hear very much from the palace. Um until she's better um so we're going to take it on face value i think that the queen has been getting over it um people were telling me yesterday so uh, so we wish her well and um and who can blame her stick netflix on she'll probably have the horse racing on to be honest yeah well she i think didn't one of her horses win at it the did. start of the week anyway on Sunday, yeah, on Sunday. Cleared her up a little bit after that terrible news in the morning of finding out you've got covid but hopefully that made her smile a bit if, if even if she was feeling a bit poorly well, thank you so much for joining me this week, Russell, and thank you to all of our listeners. As always, we're on social media, so give us a follow at Podsave. And until next time. Podsave the Queen!